0: Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents and carers. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Today, we're revisiting one of our favourite interviews from the archive. I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to Helpline mm-hmm. at on Feed, Play, Love. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Chris is here to answer all your questions about babies, toddlers, combination of the two. It can be anything from sleeping to behavior uh, to feeding, all kinds of questions. There's not been one she hasn't answered yet. So uh, she has had a break though. Yeah. So let's be (laughs) kind today. Or let's not. Let's see how she goes. Just throw (laughs) a curveball. We'll start with an email from Erin. Okay. She has a little 22-month-old daughter. Uh, When it's just... The baby and I together, she says, about four days of the week. Things are going along beautifully. Still getting the usual toddler tantrums, testing boundaries, but nothing I can't handle. When it is just my husband, her father, having her, which happens on an occasion if I work a weekend or night shift and need him to care for her for a few hours, they mostly get along well. She asks for me often and sometimes gets grisly, but normally pretty good. The problem we are having is when we are all together. She won't allow her dad to do anything for her, won't let him feed her, bathe her, change her nappy, hold her, get her dressed, nothing. She always wants me to do it. When dad tries, she screams, throws tantrums and gets genuinely very upset. Even when I'm encouraged her to go with him or we try and do things together, things altogether it has to be me or it seems the world will come to an end we tried to roll with it for a little while but it seems to be getting worse as the months pass so she's 22 months old yeah. my husband tries very very hard he is an active dad that is home every afternoon for dinner bath bed routine and on weekends but he's getting very disheartened and does get frustrated by it all and often needs to walk away for some time out what do we do?
1: I think the first thing, Erin, is that I think most children do this somewhere between 22 months and two and a half. And uh, it typically happens in exactly the way you've said, where mummy needs to do everything and daddy, no, don't want daddy. But as long as they're coping when you're in the individual, all it is, is her taking a little bit of Control isn't a very nice word, but it's it's her trying to make a choice about who's going to do what for her. And... It's a change and a shift in your parenting. So you're parenting her now on an emotional level, you're parenting family values, you're parenting social awareness, instead of that under, you know, 18 months where you've got to put her to bed, you got to feed her, you've got to give her a bottle or, or a feed. So it's a shift and a change and she's doing really well on the individual and now what you have to do is show her that you parent together. And so if we've made a choice that daddy's going to give her a bath... Then I would pre warn her tonight, Daddy's going to give you a bath, mummy will come in and dress you. So that it's not just taking you away, but she's be Been pre warned so that the two of you can follow through on that. So then daddy does the bath and there'll be some screaming and yelling, but maybe there'll be some bubbles in his pocket that he could pull out and blow bubbles for her just to entice her into the activity. So occasionally a little bit of bribery and corruption does work, and this is probably where it would work. And I think then she'll start to get more where she sees the both of you parenting at the same time. But I think rest assured that this is completely normal and that you the parenting is shifting. The whole dynamics is shifting because she's older. She's more cognitive. She has more language. For instance, she can say no, mummy, do it. Um, and that when you sit back and just pick one thing to change and then add another thing on, soon she'll just accept whoever's going to do it for her.
0: And Chris, with this, uh, I know it's completely different when, but when you yeah. give an advice about something like breastfeeding and yeah. when the baby wants the mum all the time, you say get dad, dad to go be, in and mum's yeah. not there. Is do you recommend that she that Erin uh, tries to vacate Kate herself from the situation well
1: or? I well she's coping uh the little one's coping when that's one on oh, one it's when it's in the the two that she's mm. not coping mm. so I think what it is is pre-warning her following through making it as easy for her to accept that change into dad doing it with mum coming in and say okay now mum can put your nappy on or mm. read you a story so it's not completely one or the other because she's already coping with that if if she wasn't coping with dad on her own then yeah. I would say yeah mum more will have to vacate more time alone because dads by the nature of working at the, the stage where our little ones at home tend to do less so yeah. the child becomes more aware of what the other parents doing and more predictable about what they're doing so hold in there and pick that one thing that you're going to start with and then just keep adding a little bit more on a little bit more and she'll become more accepting.
0: Good luck with that, Erin. Now we have another email from Carmen. And she has a 12-month-old son. They're traveling to Singapore in February. The time difference will be three hours behind. Chris, your book mentions to adjust to local time as soon as we land. Bubs normally wakes from his afternoon nap at 3.30 p.m. and sleeps at 7.15 or 7.30 p.m. Does this mean I keep him awake for an extra three hours to get on Singapore time? You also mentioned to try and have trips for a minimum of two weeks. We will only be going for seven days. Do you have any tips on how to minimize disruption routines both while we are there and when we come home. He is still on two naps between 9.15 and 10.15 a.m.
1: and 2 and 3.30 p.m. Okay the good thing Carmen Singapore is only a short trip relative to the rest of the world from Australia so it's a very easy trip to do as a shorter trip um, and it's also a very easy trip to adjust to so once you arrive in Singapore so they're three hours behind, so you'll be arriving somewhere around 3.30 in the afternoon, you just need to give him an extra sleep. So he might sleep in the car from the airport to the hotel and by doing that, he will then have the energy to stay up. So he may not go down at 7.30, he might go down at quarter to seven. And he'll absorb the three hours in his night's sleep. So when he wakes up in the morning at six o'clock, it'll be six o'clock Singapore time, you'll just move him back into his normal pattern. So Singapore is relatively easy to do. And the night flight coming home absorbs that three hours. So you'll leave at eight o'clock at night, you get in at eight o'clock in the morning um, it's five o'clock, but you'll just give him slightly longer in his sleeps in the day to push it back into Sydney time. So I think with a trip to Singapore, it's very easy to adjust it and to, to wiggle him. But the trick is when you arrive in Singapore, you're going to give him an extra sleep so that then he'll go down at 7.30 or 8 o'clock Singapore time and then it'll shift itself right around. So I think that that will be fine for him to do. And um, yeah, going for seven days is OK with the Singapore part. It's if you were doing further than Singapore, I think then you have to do that. Ten days to two weeks, because otherwise they hit jet lag on jet lag. So mm. I think you'll be okay with Singapore. Oh, that's good news.
0: Yeah, we have a question from Carly on Facebook yep. who says um, she has an eight-week eight-week-old baby. Yep. I've introduced a dummy at six weeks to help comfort and settle. Yep. She seems to sleep deeply in my arms after her feeds, but when I try and put her down in the bassinet, she might last thirty to forty-five minutes max. I should mention she has started to sleep through the night without needing a feed. But the days are long when I can't put her down. Wouldn't be an issue if I didn't also have a (laughs) two-year-old.
1: That's true. Wouldn't be an issue. You just turn the telly on and have a great time. So I think the problem here, Carly, is um, one, she's obviously for an eight-week-old getting very overtired at night. And that's why she's sleeping through the night. and all seems lovely until it's not lovely because she's sleeping for 12 hours overnight because she hasn't had very much sleep in the day so at about this stage you've got to flip that around a little bit so wrap swaddle whatever you're doing cuddle and comfort put her down awake tuck her in and then put your hands on and shush rock for a few minutes to keep her calm and quiet if not sleepy and then remove yourself if she wakes up then I would go back and use the dummy occasionally you know in that instance to try and get her back off to sleep so what you're just trying to do is turn the pattern around from sleeping in your arms now that she's that bit older and a bit stronger we've got to start putting her down because when she wakes up on her sleep cycle she's awake but she's not where she thought she would be so she then fully wakes up and you've got to go through the whole steps again to put her down and that, as well as a two-year-old, can be a little bit tricky because putting her to sleep in your arms seems like a really quick thing to do, um, but it's not paying off for you now that she's older. So we have to start putting her down awake so she when she wakes up, she sees herself in the place where she went to sleep. So I think take a little bit of time and flip that sequence around and you'll start to get longer sleeps from her in her bed.
0: Good luck Carly. This is a direct message on Facebook from M, yep. with she has a sixteen month old, uh, fifteen adjusted, who is a brilliant sleeper at night, going down without a fuss. Sleepy but not asleep. We are weaned and off bottles. He has some milk in a sippy cup only before bed and uses a dummy to sleep. He never wakes overnight unless very unwell and sleeps seven thirty p.m. till seven a.m. So Perfect. Far, so good. Yeah. My question is: due to being a mum who wanted to be out and about in early uh-huh. <laughs> days, he's become very happy napping in for decent stints in his pram. It lies flat. Now he only sleeps in the day in his pram. We've tried gentle resettling, leaving, waiting. for for longer each time for day naps in the cot but it's a fight to the bitter end and we give up 45 minutes later Also he can't seem to transition to one sleep in the day. He gets grumpy and conks out around 10am for an hour then naps around 3 for another hour. I'm not overly worried since he does sleep well consistently overnight but I would prefer if he had one decent consolidated day nap in his cot. Is it just a matter of commitment, backup and perseverance? He happily goes down in the cot at night and also sleeps in the day in a cot at daycare where he goes twice a week
1: it's about persistence so if he can do it at daycare and he can do it at night he can do it in the day I think what's making it difficult in the day is the two naps because if he has a little nap then he's got the energy to cry for the next one. So I think it's more about consolidating the two sleeps together as one will give you the biggest step forward in getting him in the cot. So if you take two or three days where you don't put him in a car or a pram between nine o'clock and 11 o'clock, then give him lunch at 11 and put him down straight after lunch at eleven thirty. then I think you've got a greater chance of getting him in the cot. I'd also go slowly if you think about it at daycare the cot rooms tend to be lighter by nature so I'd have it a little bit lighter I'd put him in the cot I would just put my hands on him for a few minutes and then I would leave similar probably to what you do at night. Um, But I think to fix this problem, it is about persistence and teaching him that if you can go in a cot um, two or three days at daycare, plus at night, you can do it for, you, you know, he can do it for you in the day. The other thing is to ask daycare what do they do because inadvertently they might be in there patting him to sleep and that's how they get him in the cot. So be really aware of what they're doing. Not that I think you should pat him to sleep, but I would be saying to them, okay, I don't want you to pat him anymore because it seems to be creating a problem in the day because I can only get him to sleep in the pram with movement. So they might be patting him to give him that movement. So get a little bit more information about what they're doing. Consolidate into one sleep with him going to sleep at 11.30 and that's going to give you the greatest step into getting him into the cot
0: Okay, the next one comes from Kristen who has an 11 month old daughter I'm wanting some advice in early waking and working towards weaning some feeds She used to be a terrible sleeper but has recently learnt to self-settle Yay! Yay! And only wakes a few times at night. But one of these times is around 5am and she can be difficult to settle. Yeah. Our current day looks like this. Up around 7, 7.30, then breakfast. Breastfeed around 9, back to sleep for an hour, an hour and a half. She feeds before sleep but is still awake when she goes into a cot. Settles with music, dummy, comforter and now occasionally needs patting or pick up, put down. Up between 10.30, 11.00. Lunch at twelve, mix of finger food and mash. Breastfeed 1.30, back to bed by two. Sleep to for one and one or one and a half hours. Aim to be up around three thirty. Dinner at five five thirty. Uh, bath at six. Breastfed, then bed around six thirty seven. Uh, depending on the afternoon nap, wake between ten to twelve a.m. Oh, uh, must be PM. Yeah? yeah, ten to twelve PM. One another feed. I have started giving two hundred mils of formula. Then we'll wake around five AM, and we'll need to be rocked or sometimes fed back to sleep. How do I work towards weaning? She has been sick recently and lost weight, so I'm happy with still giving the ten PM formula feed, yeah. but would like to get rid of the five AM wake up. I'd also like to shift the 9am feed earlier so I can feed her before I go to work and drop the lunchtime feed in a month or so, so I can stop pumping at work altogether. That would be fabulous. Pumping at work sucks, um, as I will be hopefully starting a new job soon. However, if I try and feed her earlier than nine before she is ready to relax, she is usually too distracted and busy. She's also very active and is already walking. She's a petite girl, 15th percentile, and doesn't eat a huge amount of solids is four or five milk fa- feeds a day. A lot for an 11-month-old.
1: Yep. Okay, so hopefully you have a pen and paper mm-hmm. because it's the timing that's out. I think that's where this that's the only thing wrong with here. So I'm going to quickly give you the timing for an 11-month-old. So they should only have three milk feeds in the day and three meals and a snack that fits in there, two sleeps, which is what she's doing. And I think the sleeps are coming too early. So their awake time frame at 11 months is something along the lines of three to three and a half hours. And commonly I see it as three hours in the morning from wake up to the first sleep. And then three to three and a half in that second window of awake. Then three to three and a half in the third window, depending on how long she slept. So I think she's getting too much milk overall and not getting enough food, and that's why the weight has stayed low. And it's a really emotional thing, so they're not eating give given milk, but it actually giving them the milk uh, is what interferes with what? them taking in their food concept so now she's 12 11 months old um, we're going to bring it back and that's going to help you with your weaning because they only have three milk feeds so you could breastfeed her in the morning before you go to work you could give her a bottle at daycare after her lunch um, which would be about 180 mils and then you could either breastfeed her in the evening when you get back from work or you could give her a bottle if you were going to wean that one off at the moment I'd keep the 10 o'clock one But once you got your day pattern into place, I would wean off the 10 o'clock. In fact, I'd probably, with her weight being that low, I'd probably make that 7 o'clock the bottle there. So eventually you would wean down to, say, one breastfeed, the morning breastfeed, especially when you get back into work and all of those sorts of things. So that's a typical weaning pattern of someone going back to work. So she'd wake at 7, she'd go down at 10 o'clock and sleep to about 11. Then she'd go down at about 2 and sleep till about 3.34, and then she'd go down between 7 and 7.30, depending on when she gets up and when you get home from daycare. Her meals would be um, at about an hour to an hour and a half after her first morning breastfeed, and she won't be distracted because she would just do it in the comfort of waking up and it's just calm in her room. So she'd have a breakfast, then she'd have a snack when she got up from her morning sleep, around 10, lunch around 11, 30, 12, um, a bottle before she goes down. So around 1.30 and then she might go down around 2. So there's still that break. She's not feeding to sleep. Dinner around 5, 5.30, depending on when you get home and then a feed before she goes to sleep at night. So I think making those adjustments will settle a lot of this behaviour down and it might swing your 5 o'clock around the corner to 6 o'clock because I think the 5 o'clock has come off the back of one needing to feed Um, So the more wake-ups they have in terms of feeding, the more wake-ups they do. And then the second one is she might be hungry because she hasn't eaten enough for you. She hasn't got enough protein, carbohydrates, and and fiber to get her through the night. So they're they're all linked together. So have a think about that and make those adjustments and see what works for it, and then maybe you could come back and ask us about the bits that haven't fallen into place. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, actually, it sounds like a lot of work. Weirdly, you can turn it around in
0: about a day. I'm only saying that because my children are no longer one. Yeah. They're a lot easier. So if it's hard... Kristen, can I just say that it will get better? It'll get easier. Yeah. Um, we have oh Renee says hi. Hi Renee. Hi. And we also have a direct message from Michelle, who has a six-month-old. My son is six months old, breastfed, and has always been a good sleeper. He would wait one to two times a night for a feed and would slip straight back into bed with no problem. I would bathe him, feed him, and a little rocking, he'd go to bed quite easily the last three to four weeks this has changed he's increasingly hard to settle won't feed or take the dummy just cries at me i can't stand the thought of trying crying it out he cries in his bed for a one for one to three minutes and i try to settle him and this happens for 30 minutes to an hour sometimes before he eventually goes to sleep in my arms then he wakes every hour after 1am okay how can i try to change this
1: Okay there's a few moving parts here Michelle because um, it could be timing so and it could be the way he feeds and how much solids he gets at six months they're usually on four milk feeds and at least two good meals and two good sleeps and a nap so how all of that mixes in could be playing on what's going on here at night and how he settles because if he has been settling well and something's changed. Then I go and look at what's going on for him in the day before I even, even vaguely think of crying it out. And in this case, I don't think crying out would work because he's all, he was doing well and something's changed. So something's going on for him. So if you could get him into, because we don't know how much he sleeps in the day, but roughly, regardless of how it looks, um, he needs about a good four hours of sleep in the day. So if he's getting less than that, when you get this behavior of the night behavior, when you put him to bed and the frequent waking is because he might be overtired. So we go back and we look at that sleep pattern in the day. Okay. The other reason for multiple wake ups is if he is overtired when he goes to bed and he's feed at the end of the day, that may not, he may not be feeding well. So he wakes more frequently overnight because he is hungry. He hasn't fed properly. So there's a few moving parts in this. So you need two sleeps and one nap. You need four milk feeds in the day, regardless of how he gets them. And you need two good meals in the day. So if he's getting three really good meals, like he feeds till he doesn't want it, he may not actually be hungry for the breastfeeds or bottles. So he wakes more frequently at night. So there's a few moving parts. And if we had a bit of an idea of what his day would like, I could probably tailor it a little bit more for you. So if you want to write back and give us a bit more of an idea of what his day looks like, I can help you out. Um, with a bit more specific information. Okay. Well, good luck. Hopefully
0: what Chris has said will help. But yes, get back to us if you need more direction. We have a question from Facebook Live now from Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Rachel. She has a two years and eight month old. When do you persist with (coughs) toilet training and when do you pull the pin and try Mm. again? Three days in, a very stubborn child hates being told to sit on the toilet, Mm. has done some wee on the toilet but has had lots of accidents. Lots of accidents, will not do number two, in the loo, holds on, then asks for a nappy.
1: Take a break. Yeah. So the first thing I'd do is take a break. You know, there's no child that went to kindergarten that didn't know how to go to the toilet. So take a break and take a completely different approach. So what you're doing isn't working for them. So it's either not working because they don't understand what their body's doing, um, or it's not working because they've been pushed too much. So I see lots of different versions of, you can imagine, of toilet training. And there are those that every five minutes, I keep saying to the child, do you want to go to the toilet? Let's go to the toilet. We go into the toilet and the child's like, I'm over the toilet bit. <laughs> so I go back one step. I would give yourself a break for at least two weeks. I would put everything away. I'd take down toilet seats and I would not mention it at all. And then I would start back. Now, I'm not sure if this child goes to daycare, but what he is seeing or she's seen at daycare is the mimicking of the behaviour of going to the toilet. So he sees all the older kids go in the toilet. They're often standing in the toilet room. So he's got the idea. We'll call him a he, sorry. It doesn't say, does it? Feel no. free to pop in there, Rachel, if it's a boy yeah. or a girl. So we'll, we'll, you know, he's seen the behaviour or they're seeing the behaviour. Then I come in with a very... It's a girl. It's a girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> She'll see the behaviour. And then from there... Um, you're going to step in with one tiny little approach. So while you're running the bath, you sit on the toilet and you've bought her a new book and we're going to read the book. And she's just incidentally sitting on the toilet, whether she does a wee or doesn't do a wee. If she does a wee, the only thing I say to them is, that's really good. Now let's have a bath. So I'm not jumping up and down. I'm not using bribery and corruption. It's just something she's learning. So once you've done that for about two weeks, I just increase the number of times I do that before lunch let's try for a wee before lunch only at lunchtime then mid-afternoon maybe when the bath's on if she's coping with that then I take it to the next step where we buy the cute little undies we go out and buy the undies they seem to always be frozen undies or princess (laughs) undies and we get lots of princess undies and then one weekend I just put t-shirt and undies on her and I say, tell mummy when you need to go to the toilet. Door's wide open. I'm not putting her in the car. I'm not stressing her out. Yep, there'll be some accidents, but I think you'll be amazed at how fast she learns to go to the toilet. But you are right. You should stop now. Put everything away. Don't even talk about it. Don't let anybody else talk about it. Let her calm down and start again with a new approach.
0: And how long should she wait for?
1: Uh, look, I because I don't get hassled by toileting, I would say anywhere between two weeks and a month. Yeah. Um, oh, she does she's go three. to daycare
0: and is happy to use the loo there.
1: Yeah, because she's following the crowd. And there's no crowd to follow, really. When there's no crowd, there. but um, I'd also set up, so they use toilets. They don't use little potties, so mm. I wouldn't use a potty at home. I'd use a toilet. I'd make sure there was enough steps, but I just let her keep following at daycare. Um, And I wouldn't confuse her. If you've decided to pull back, I wouldn't send her to daycare and they're suddenly trying to put her on the toilet. She just wears pull-ups and she doesn't go to the toilet because otherwise it becomes too confusing. Their method might be different to yours. And then when you restart, then you say to daycare, okay, we've restarted with toilet timing and they'll follow on from there. So let everybody take a break and give her a little break.
0: Mm. Holiday time for yeah. the toilet. Um, we probably have about time for one last question. Um, this is an email from Andrea. She has a 10-month-old waking constantly through the night, but it is a bit complicated because yeah. she has a 14-year-old, a 16-year-old, and a 10-month-old. Right. My, yeah, my older two kids were in fall sports, so my youngest had a sleep routine until they until school started in August, so we're talking yeah, yeah. Northern Hemisphere here. We started, oh, right. Yeah, 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 we started staying out later for volleyball and football games until recently. Neither kid is in sports right now, so we are trying to get back on schedule. Yeah. Three weeks ago, my son started waking up screaming in the middle of the night and would do this three to four times each night. My daughter described the scream as a bloody murder scream. <laughs> <laughs> I tried Motrin and Tylenol oh, for yeah. possible teething. I yeah. tried gas drops and more active burping before putting him into his crib. I tried sleeping on the floor with him in case it was separation anxiety. <laughs> None of this worked. He responds when he's screaming, so the doctor said it's probably not sleep terrors. He will not nurse, take a bottle of breast milk, or a pacifier during these episodes, mm-hmm. but will take water in a bottle. <laughs> he has recently been spitting up during the day, so we've put him we have him back on Ranit to yeah, dean. Yep. Yeah. In case this might be nighttime reflux, he had terrible reflux when he was younger, and we took him off meds at four months. I'm also suspicious he might just be a terrible sleeper, and not having him on schedule these past few months just made it worse. In the past week, he's not waking up screaming anymore, but he refu- he wakes to fuss and cry every few hours and does not settle on his own. If you try to pat his back or calm him without picking him up, he will stand up and cry louder until you do pick him up. Mm. To avoid waking up the house. I Picking up after a few minutes, and he is wide eyed looking at me. Yeah. If I put him back in his crib, he screams. If I put him in bed with me, he tosses and turns like he's uncomfortable, and this can go on for 30 minutes or more before he finally settles and falls back to sleep. When he sleeps in his crib, he tosses and turns all night. He is not a good daytime sleeper either, 20 to 40 minute naps twice a day if we are lucky. He has never been a good day sleeper though, so he's only 10 months old. My husband and I both work during the day, and we have him in an in-home daycare with one adult and five other small children. Yep. I feel I feel like I can't control his day sleep, and that might be adding to his nighttime sleep issues. We've gone back to a bedtime routine, 5 p.m. dinner, 6 p.m. bath and pajamas, breastfeed him around 7 and sleep by 7.30. We've been doing this for a little over a week now, and he has been on the reflux medicine for a week now. He is still having the nighttime crying episodes. One night last week, he and I both slept for 12 hours and he woke only a couple of times to feed. A couple of times in the past week, he has only woken up once to feed and no crying episodes. I can't figure this out. I don't know what is wrong with him and his paediatrician can't figure it out either. No pressure, Chris. (laughs) I've been told by some mums that some babies are just not good sleepers. Is this a phase? I can't keep on like this. How do I get this baby to sleep? What am I doing wrong?
1: I think he's just got too many confused messages in all honesty if you think about it the age gap between a 14 and a 16 year old and a 10 month old they're like poles apart and you're trying to trying to mix it all together so and then he goes to family daycare a couple of days a week so there's so many mixes I think what he's doing is just grabbing out for in the middle of the night for comfort for consistent comfort. That doesn't help you. No. <laughs> but it gives you an idea of where he's coming from because, mm-hmm. as you know, little ones are all about consistency. So he should have two sleeps in the day. Um, I wonder about your milk supply at 10 months if you're back to work um, in the evening and whether he is hungry and maybe that's what's also adding to all of this. I'd be surprised if it was the reflux. And also it doesn't sound like reflux um, reflux behaviour But the one thing he is, is very, very overtired. Mm. So it's a little bit difficult because he's down on sleep by a long way. So the average 10-month-old would have closer to three, if not three hours, three and a half hours of sleep. And he's getting 40 minutes.
0: Mm, During the day. So Mm.
1: I think you need to speak to the carer. And, suge- and ask her for suggestions on how to get him to sleep longer, because she might be trying to mix a whole lot of age groups together. Because even if he had an hour in the morning and an hour and a half in the afternoon, I think your night sleep would improve. And I think what happens at night is that he's also hanging on to you for comfort. So when he wakes up in his sleep cycles, he's hanging on to someone For comfort. So I think it would be hard to teach him to self-settle until we got this whole big picture together. In the end, when you've you know worked it all out and you you need to give him the time to adjust to a good sleep pattern. So awake in the day for three hours, then down for one hour sleep, awake for three and a half hours, then down for an hour and a half sleep at the minimum, and then awake for about three and a half hours. So he's going down around seven. And I know this is really hard, but you're obviously, you know, you're calling out for help. I think the 14 and the 16 year old are also more resilient and we need to give this baby a little bit of time because very soon he will be on one sleep in the middle of the day and it will work beautifully for everybody and he'll be able to do the drop off and the pickups but maybe we need somebody else to do the drop-offs and the pickups to get this little one into place. And that's going to take you about three to four weeks to do so that when you feel confident that you've got all the timing right, you can put him down and leave him for three minutes, then go down, lay him down, pat his back, walk out, leave him for three, four, five minutes, six, seven, seven, eight, nine, ten, until he learns to self-settle. And But you need the stamina to do that in his day sleeps and at night. So take a little breath and work out what the priority is and create a rhythm uh, or a pattern of behaviour for him that's consistent. So work with your carer to see how you can make that work together. All right, Andrea, good luck with that. It's yeah. A complex one. It is a sleep problem, though. Yeah. I don't think it's a medical
0: problem. All right. Well, good luck. And please feel free to get back in touch if you have any yeah. further questions. Um, unfortunately, that is all we have time ah. for this week. Um, this has been Helpline on Feed Play Love. Chris Minogue is our Mothercraft Nurse Extraordinaire who is with us every week. If you would like to ask Chris your question for next week, you didn't get a chance this week, you can email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Oh, it's a pleasure. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.